to the Christian Men Podcast. What's a podcast? Welcome to the Christian Men Podcast. I'm Colin Day. And I'm Jason American. And this is our sixth podcast. We hope that you listen along. It's not a, an easy one to do, but we hope that if anyone's affected by anything that's uh, in this one, mm-hmm. that they do seek help. Um, but yeah, Jay, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, good to be here again, Colin. I heard you're getting older. I am, like you and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, so but, yeah, but I am. I had to celebrate the birthday uh, this weekend, uh, yesterday, so the 23rd. Loads of cake, I can uh, see that. Loads of cake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 45 years of age, and yeah, getting up there now. Happy but, birthday, uh, man. Yeah, I'm delighted. Uh, been really blessed to have my family, my wife, my child, and another baby on the way. And so it's all good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all coming. Ah, yeah, really, yeah, really happy. I've never been happier, to be honest with you. So. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, happy so, birthday. Uh, yeah, and so I got brought down another cake by you today. Oh, yeah. The chocolate lad. That's just excuse the cake. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> and his family brought me down nice chocolate cake. So, yeah. yeah, it's good to have good friends around and family and yeah. And cake. And cake. Yeah. yeah it's always <laughs> good to have cake. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, well, happy birthday. I might sing happy birthday. No, actually, ah, no, sing. come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've heard you once already. <laughs> Your voice is gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we have a special guest with us. Um, it's Natalie Gleason Nidali, which is my wife. Beautiful wife. Gorgeous, funny wife. Did I get everything right? <laughs> <laughs> You're very, nearly. You're very welcome, Natalie. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, and thanks for having me here. Um, I am from Shankill. I'm the youngest of six. I was brought up, I guess, technically in a Christian home, but um, when I say technically, um, my parents were uh, Roman Catholics and so were the older three siblings under communion confirmation, that kind of thing. Because being the youngest, kind of all I know has been in a Christian church. Um, but those that were in this church, along include my parents, the majority of them were first generation Christians. So, and what does that like? So, first, I'm a first generation Christian. So, how does that? What does that mean to to you? So, you are not a first generation Christian in our home, but I am. So, what what was what would be the difference back then? I suppose. Um, back then or now or, um, but more so I think back then, um, it, it, I guess there wasn't many Christians around, born born again Christians, those that believe in the Bible and what God's word has to say. They would have been from a very religious and traditional background and breaking away from all that sort of stuff was, was very strange in those days. Like I was the only girl I remember um, who didn't make her communion and the kids just thought this was, I looked like an alien. That's how yeah. I felt mm. in the class, you know. Yeah. It was just so, so odd, you know. And that was like, Janie, it must have been early 90s, like, because I was in school then, you know. And um, so in relation, I guess, to America at, in the 90s at this stage, Christianity was a big thing. But in Ireland, it was still very much a small community. Yeah. Even my introduction to what Christianity was around, probably around that time, was uh, walking up our, our hill to the village. 
and my friend pointing in and going oh they're all born again christians and they're like and i was like well, what's a born again christian and he's like oh, i don't know the emphasis was that I don't know what they are, but they're different. Yeah. And they're in there. Down that, that, like, the so funny thing about weird. that, Collie, is I was one of those who oh, was no, in yeah, that yeah, place yeah. where you were pointing at. But I, I I don't believe I was a Christian at the time, but that's where I got dragged along yeah. Yeah, by my parents. It's mad, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah that, was my int- that was my introduction to Christianity. So from and that's the, how it was. From the outset, we yeah. did look at, like, I never seen, I never met Christians around my area, but yous were all in there behind a wall and yous are different but yeah and I think unfortunately we kind of in a sense stayed behind the wall because they were quite fearful as well in a sense because they're still very much finding out what it Christian living meant and that kind of thing and it was all new to them and they were only learning and they didn't have a whole lot of guidance for like people coming in and telling them like how a church is run and um you clubs you know that kind of thing all that sort of stuff like took time and it's not a blame thing for them but it's uh their foundation was weak mm. and i think for that reason then like some people in the church then suffered so you could say it's like a bit of a culture clash because ireland at the time was obviously uh, a prominent uh, catholic there was obviously protestant uh, as well but to be a born again christian was a very rare thing and um, so that coming in and, and obviously the Catholic Church and our Catholics or people that say they are Catholics fearful of this new crazy church coming in. So it, I'm sure it was some sort of big culture clash in any way. Um, so how does that fare out in, in your in your story and your family? Um, it was hard like on my parents alone because their parents just gave them such a hard time as well because they wanted them just to keep up with these sort of traditions and stuff and they're trying to like be respectful to them it's still their family at the end of the day but at the same time they're trying to build this new life and um it was very hard and like i was just learning in psalm 32 today verse um eight and nine says um i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with um, my eye upon you but not like a horse or a mule without without understanding which must be curved with a bit or a bridle so the thing in their mouth or uh, it will not stay near you and i just thought it was a really good illustration of how the church needs to be they need that guidance and if they don't have that people will tend to stray and if they don't have a full grasp on what the gospel is and um, what the bible is saying that it just doesn't really make sense mm. and then you can start coming up with your own ideas of what it's actually trying to say and yeah that can be a huge danger yeah and because they this is like they came from a religious background i think an element of that came in because it's all they've known and it's what they've grown up to and at this stage the church the majority of them um, all have families so they're grown adults so it's very hard to break learned behavior as well you mm. know so but it, i know it sounds it but it wasn't always doom and gloom Um, you had all your u clubs and things like that yeah. so tell us a bit about that yeah that's what i'm saying it just took that kind of bit of time learning and stuff like that and yeah it was really good like i had a good i don't know six or say or so kind of group of people that i would have hung out with and funny enough one two three four of us were in cabin Teeley and my sister in school together 
another girl later on uh, came in and I remember at one stage we even tried to do a CU in the school like so it was very much like it was part of our lives and we weren't ashamed of it or anything like that mm. that yeah it was really cool and then there was like during the summer summer camps and stuff like that and but then all of a sudden kind of as you get older uh, it seems to be a thing with teenagers they just kind of stray you know and I guess I don't know if it's find themselves or uh, questioning what what they've been told is it another thing like you just have to come on a Sunday or you have to go to this youth club or I don't know I don't know what their reasons were but it, it came to a point that it, it seemed like everyone just kind of fell away mm. In the church, yeah. So even going back a bit, something happened to you as a, a child, like it was a trauma that happened to you. So you have Christianity, you have people already thinking you're a bit different and then you had this trauma. So can you tell us a little bit about the trauma that happened when you were younger? Yeah, um, I uh, didn't kind of understand in my head, I guess, till teenage years what was happening. Um, I I didn't have the vocabulary or I wasn't sure if it, it what I was thinking was real or true and how people some people kind of describe it's like dreams or I would later found out is actually um their flashbacks I've been a victim of child sexual abuse and it was by a neighbor of mine and um it went on for a few years like I was three or four to kind of seven ish uh, age and um so that obviously had a big impact on my life but it wasn't more so until I was like a teenager that it, it was coming out and how I was starting to like react to this. Yeah, um, so even teenage years for, for anyone uh, going through that, the, the change in your life is a big thing. So with the added pressure, you were saying that um, this all started to come back to you around that time. So how how was that for you? Overall, not great. I just, again, like I was saying, I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't know um, how to kind of deal with it. It's a, a trauma. So um, someone gets in a really bad car crash. Mm. They have PTSD. Someone that's in war, um, they come home, they have PTSD. It's post-traumatic uh, syndrome. It's, that's, if you... It's a taboo subject. It's not a nice thing to talk yeah. about. And domestic violence, you know, anything kind of along those issues. And uh, I think this is just an easier way to kind of think of it, to think of someone going through this. And that's what was happening. I uh, PTSD and um, reacting to certain things. Uh, I had triggers that of these kind of flashbacks coming back. But it didn't, again, didn't have the vocabulary, didn't know. Um, you've guilt and shame for all this stuff that's happening. And it's like obviously sexual abuse so it's not a nice thing to talk about and you're not really quite sure if it's actually happened so then to go and tell someone you're like I think this happened it's really strange um thoughts I'm having yeah it probably seems like surreal at the time yeah at what point did you um, did you realize this is actual real uh, memories rather than thoughts that were just coming into your head um because it was just happening too often and it was like more and more was kind of coming back so like that again you've had a car crash I remember I don't remember the crash I kind of blacked out and then um, but I remember beforehand and I remember you know or be smelled so it's something that 
that this trauma when it happened <clears throat> back when you were younger that you mentally blocked out your 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 memory yeah it's thing. just a defense mechanism really and which is great <laughs> because um it's not something you want to remember but mm. at the same time you kind of have to in a sense to deal with it yeah. so that's the most difficult part um so as, yeah. as it all started coming clearer in your mind then in your teenage years how did you start to deal with it or were you, were you even able to deal with it um no and um i i know now as an adult like i'm 33 now grown up i just thought it was kind of like you hear things the kids doing stuff and like i stopped eating for a long time that kind of wasn't enough and then i was like bulimic for another time and i just remember like wasn't quite cutting but it was similar you know I'd be trying to hurt myself because it was mm. like a release of pain and and then as I got older um I didn't drink till later in life which is unusual mm. <laughs> around our area <laughs> but um uh I could thank Britain's way for that kept away from drink for a long time but um but when I did I made up for it I was about probably 17 or 18 I just drank and drank and drank I didn't care what I was drinking it was just I had to drink so much that I'd black out because I just couldn't cope with all these memories and what was happening. Um, it was just too much. And I'd known still at this point, I hadn't told anyone what right. happened. Yeah. And how did, it, how did it all come out then in the end? Because obviously at this point you haven't told anyone and all these thoughts are going. Yeah, it was now just I know you've tried to, you tried to tell people, but then yeah. it didn't really obviously didn't feel right to tell them at the time yeah um, you kind of you tend to test it out in friends and that you know when i was younger maybe 14 or something and i'd be like oh hey um, i'm having this like i think a dream or these mad thoughts and what to think and they just find it really strange as you would and um i'd be like all right by their reaction i'd be like right i'm not talking about this again and i'd try or... again maybe a year later mm. or sakayun went on so i didn't really fully go into it but it wasn't until I was much older, just about 18 or so, and I just, maybe 18, 19, and I just totally freaked out and was shouting at the house and stuff like that. And the house obviously is still across the road from my parents. When the next day when we were talking, um, it was just, it was pretty, it was just a hard time. It was really difficult because, again, it's just not a subject you want to talk about. And then you feel more guilt and shame because you've like your parents are upset and that's not what you want yeah. you want to you're just crying out for help you're just you're drinking not eating all these sort of behaviors it's mm. just crying out for help and then when you do for me anyway they just didn't have the coping mechanisms i guess or didn't have the tools they weren't expecting it it's like a parent's worst nightmare you know you don't want to hear this stuff i just shut down then uh again yeah, e even in this day and age uh we're only coming to grips with the effects of uh depression and anxiety and things like that and as you said for years it was ignored and this is another one of those examples that was ignored because no one wanted to talk about it and because no one talked about it no one knew how to deal with these sort of things so how, how so you you told your parents but then that didn't even go too well for you either so where are you at this point where in your head like this is like the darkest point probably of my life because uh, I've like finally I've said it it's come out and now I can't deal with this so I just completely shut down mm. just don't talk about it again for years and I've just I've hit the bottom now at this stage 
Yeah. yeah. And then what started to to bring you back to reality to start bringing it back up to properly deal with it then? What was the um, at what point did that happen then? I got pregnant and had my beautiful baby Maya and I'm so thrilled. It wasn't planned, it wasn't the way I wanted it to happen, any of that sort of thing and that can happen again just naturally or whatever. But I had to grow up quickly and I had to be responsible and then it was kind of um, in between it was still I just kind of focused on her for a while and then was suffering then more with anxiety and stuff like that because um, it's just another thing you know um, now I have a baby girl mm. and what if this happens to her and you know just all these thoughts in your head you know and then you're getting um really overprotective you don't want anyone nearer you know kind of shutting down again but just kind of functioning you're just kind of at the same time still just floating through life and uh my parents so were amazing obviously they weren't thrilled <laughs> that i was pregnant but they were so good they helped me out so much and it was just kind of the four of us were home we we're having a great time and things started to actually feel better you know i guess i just ate like grew up a lot in between that time but then still had this kind of darkness you know that i hadn't really dealt with yeah yeah and so it wasn't wasn't for a while um i'd met you then like a year later and well not met you we got together and uh, had sophia and then that was kind of all still a bit messy because again we've had another child you weren't a christian at this stage Mm -hmm. so from a christian perspective and you know it's just like i've messed up again yeah you know you've like you've married an atheist like (laughs) (laughs) what do you do with yourself you know digging yourself yeah yeah yeah, like one mistake all right but now like so um and, 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 and so, I was a good atheist. <laughs> so, um, in, in, yeah, in ways you were in fairness, because I always had this pull in between all that kind of mess. I was like, I'd still wanting to go back to church. And when I went back, because you're not there for periods of time, whatever, and you go in, you sit down, you just feel judgment. And it's not may not be the case or whatever. That's my perception. You go in, sit down or whatever that's fine and then some you're wanting someone to say something but when they do they're not saying the right thing yeah. and so they're just presuming you're just a typical teenager just been a rebel i guess or something and that wasn't the case and um i just want still at this point still wanting help and then again when we were together i was getting this pull in now at church but i wasn't really going to church i didn't still didn't really have a grasp of what the gospel was yeah. that even took like oh a long time you know until after you got saved and seeking churches and stuff like that so, so jay you, you mentioned before that it was the same for you that you, like as a, a young child or like a young person growing up in a christian church you never actually got the grasp of the gospel up until 10 so years ago isn't it since you were saved really yeah uh i suppose um like for people who are listening i would have went to the same church as Natalie. My parents would have became Christians around the same time Natalie's parents became Christians. And they, we lived not too far away from one another, so they congregated in the same church there. So, yeah, um, that's just a bit of background. But sorry, what was the question again? Sorry, um, so Natalie was saying that like, it, she was, even at this point in her in her adulthood, yeah. um, she had have, had the kids, she married this wonderful atheist. And then... Uh, 
she was still struggling with, with what the actual gospel meant. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and I know that's a similar situation for yourself, that yeah, although you went through the motions of church as a, as a young chap, yeah, uh, you never actually fully grasped what the gospel was. No, I never fully grasped what the gospel was, really, until um, my later years, maybe in my 30s. Yeah, and was that the, that due to, like, ignorance? Like, because we often, uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand the gospel, even though they've heard it and things like yeah. that. Yeah, so, uh, the uh, theological qu- answer is, you know, I didn't receive the Holy Spirit yeah, until, yeah, yeah. until then. But, no, I know what you mean. Um, no, I just think that back then, like Natalie mentioned, that they were uh, first-generation Christians, and they didn't <clears throat> they didn't really know a whole lot about Christianity, only mm. from what they were reading or little bits that they heard. Or So... They were trying what they thought was their best. Mm, just uh, had a lot of mixed views about what Christianity yeah, was. Yeah, a lot of mixed views. But you also have to remember that they came from a Catholic background. Mm. And they may be in the fact that they were still kind of had this, you can't do this, you can't do that kind of attitude. Yeah. And I've I seen a lot of that. And as a, my experience within the church um, and within my family home is that I'm sure you know the gospel was you know preached within the church of course Mm. it was but it was never you know sat down and explained in 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 a sense and the same at home it was more or less you know you have to believe and you have to do this Mm. and you have to do that and you know when you see christ coming uh in in any of the, the apostles uh in any of the teachings of the apostles, um, you always see him coming and sitting with people and showing a love and a mercy um, that he shows people. But I didn't see so much love in, you know, growing up as a as a Christian. Mm. It was just kind of hammered into you. Yeah. Was that a culture throat. thing as well, though? Because I know as, a, as, like, when I was younger, if you were told not to do something and you said why, the answer was because I said so. Because I said so, yeah, maybe. So, like, it could have been that as well. Like, I'm the adult, you're the child, you just away, and that's it. Like, yeah, well, I did get a lot of that as well in my home, my family home. Like, my dad would just say, you know, you need to weigh your parents, and that's it. And we got that as well. You so, know, yeah. and like, like there, is, we do have to weigh our parents. That's, you know, understandable, mm. you know. But you tell me why. Yeah, it's a lot easier you know? than <laughs> to do when you know why. You yeah, know? like, sit down with me and explain to me. And, and yeah. you, know, you know, I guess it's love really mm. and and that's where I feel that it, it's not saying there was no love there but it mm. was definitely lacking Minimal. and that's really what the gospel is based upon is based upon love you can tell people you know oh you know you're a sinner because this is what I heard you're a sinner you're going to hell uh, unless you believe in Jesus and that's all I heard yeah. you mm. know I didn't sit down you know ask well, why am I a sinner yeah. you know I wasn't told those things what does or, it even mean to yeah, be a sinner or, or what does what's, what does God's love mean to me mm. or how do I know he loves me Mm. and stuff like that I didn't really hear you know so um, it was just I was just dragged to church really you know I didn't really want to go that much yeah. you know so I just went because I was a teenager and mm. that's what you don't try to obey your parents as much as I could but yeah so that mm. was my experience of um, listening to the gospel but just even listen to uh, Natalie there because we've we, we've had this conversation uh, before <laughs> yeah, yeah. now and we've talked about Natalie's uh, Natalie's um, situation a couple of times but just when I was listening to you there I was just made aware of that you know being the victim you know of this horrendous act didn't stop after 
that act, you know. Yeah. It continued, continued and continued right right up to this day, really. Yeah. You know, you're still affected by it. And it's just given me a greater, you know, understanding of, you know, people who are going through something that you are going through or something that you've gone through, a lot more respect for. And and we, we sometimes think that it's automatically easily to deal with, you know, if something happens, therefore we go to the right authorities and we get it sorted out. Yeah. But it doesn't always work out like that. No. You know, it's not always cutthroat like that. It's mm. not always that easy. Yeah. Um, and especially as a child, because that's the thing, like your brain doesn't develop the same as another child does that hasn't suffered a trauma and um those are the things to kind of um just if people that's why i'm saying it, i think it's easier if you'd say as a ptsd thing because people are starting to kind of understand that because of iraq and whatever because it's a taboo subject and people don't like talking about it and but yet you know mental health's on such a rise now that they're saying it's it's good to talk it's okay to talk and all this sort of stuff but it's um it's okay to talk i think about suicide a bit better now like it's okay to say um to tell a woman in domestic violence you know you shouldn't be there or try get help or whatever not that it's not okay to talk about it it's just it's not easy because you're you're thinking of a child so generally you're thinking of your old child and you're like oh i can't bear to think of my own like that Mm -hmm. you know and um but unfortunately and especially in this country because of all um the catholic church the priests and stuff it happens Mm. so much you know and um all over the world not Mm. just here but and it is a big thing and so many people are affected by it and it's not i guess not to normalize it but it's if you kind of if you do if you're talking about it it's it's helping the victim it's like the first thing to do is to is to talk about it you know and if anyone is talking about it it's believe them yeah you know because it's like people kind of it's definitely a cultural thing back then when the priest got away with it so much because it was you don't talk about your business outside your home and if something's happened um shut up and don't tell anyone and that was very much a thing and Mm, especially don't give out about the priest yeah Mm. it was but it was just in all areas like women were getting battered at home you know and mm. the guards were called and the guards w- would be saying well she obviously done something wrong mm. do you know so that that kind of culture is brought up into this like well even now in like younger years and stuff and it, they are slowly trying to break it and stuff but it's very slow mm. so it's kind of and then at the other side it goes to the extremes you know where uh, like pc you know that kind of stuff mm. it's like they're telling you to talk but yeah you there's so much you can't talk about yeah, because you'll yeah. offend someone. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it is. It's Talk, but don't mention it. <laughs> yeah, 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 do you know what I'm... Yeah, yeah. So even going back, um, you were saying that you... At, the, at that point in your life, you were going back to church. Uh, we had got married. I was an atheist at the time. Yeah. And then you were only, you were only starting to, to sort of understand what the gospel is, even after all these years of growing up in a Christian church. Yeah. And, so going on from there, what where did where did your your life go then? Um, in a sense, what path um, did it take after that point? Like it was good, it was better, and I guess I was focusing on on family life and in a home and stuff. And then I was having a hard time with you, I guess, in the sense that you weren't going to church, and then so home was unequally yoked, you know, as it says in God's word, and and. I understood that then after I got married it was like you know 
everything else is working in one sense um but it wasn't because our main fundamental values my foundation is god's word Mm. even though my foundation was extremely weak i knew this was truth i knew this was right and i Mm. knew this is what i wanted my girls to grow up in and at the point if god was ever mentioned a bible was ever mentioned i laughed and scorned at the fact and most of our biggest fights at that time were yeah were on that issue we we didn't really fight about anything else only that yeah and anytime it was brought up yeah i just got so angry yeah and to the point that it was just we drew a line and said right we can't talk about this um and then i'm sure you've given your testimony here before um then eventually you've you start reading the bible uh to prove me wrong secretly to prove me wrong wrong. and And god was nearly there yeah (laughs) until god laughed at me yeah um so and was amazing and then um all this was amazing you know you getting saved and the just literally watching it transform before my eyes like it was just unbelievable and I think that was definitely a huge change in my heart to I knew God was real I knew this was true but at the same time I didn't fully believe it if that makes sense yeah um still had your doubts and not yeah not quite my doubts it was just like you hear this stuff like um just someone prayed and then this happened and and their their life to me looking at them seemed rosy and um that wasn't the case for me and i was still kind of like so broken from the Mm. abuse um that i i even though i was redeemed i still felt really broken when i like looking at you and and seeing how you were grown in the word um was just amazing and then i was like i'm kind of missing something here and i didn't have a full grasp of what the gospel was i don't think truly and then it wasn't till like we were studying together was amazing and then we had like um her spiritual parents, as we oh, call yeah. them, you know, amazing. they were amazing. Their first year of marriage, they married, uh, marriage counseling with us. Mm. And Which is something when we got yeah. married, I heard it mentioned and I laughed. I was like, what do you need marriage counseling <laughs> for? But I tell you what, after I was saved yeah. and we done the marriage counseling, it was one of the, I have to say, yeah. one of the best things I've ever done yeah. because it, it, it hasn't stopped. Like we still have our arguments, we still have our day, our bad days and we, we have our good days. But the fact that you understand why someone acts a certain way or why I'm angry or why you're angry after you've come around from like after you've calmed down or whatever the fight is or if you're just tired or mostly hungry um, after that's calmed down you understand actually I was in the wrong whereas I know way before I ever done that I was never in the wrong there was no way he'd say sorry (laughs) yeah Yeah, honestly he'd never ever say sorry and that was a huge thing and I wouldn't scorn him on it I was just like I don't know what I don't if it was just the Holy Spirit in me that just kind of gave me patience with him or something and it was true that was true looking at you that I think because people often think that Natalie because she was Christian that she coerced me into being a Christian or she constantly broke me down by giving me Bible verses Natalie didn't anytime I brought it up and we had a fight Natalie was like calm and collective and just said 
well, that's what you believe, but I 100% believe that in God. And I was like, no, no. And it was true, Natalie's calmness that actually annoyed you. Annoyed me, yeah. Annoyed me enough to go, do you know what? <laughs> I'll prove this <laughs> one wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, she's too calm about this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that just obviously backfired. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Worked out well for you, Carly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, but in such a short time, how long are you saved now? since 2013 yeah and like amazing so I was like a kid um, I don't know do you remember Pera Morrison she used to bang out on the drum on the drum on the guitar vaguely, vaguely. Uh, she used to do the good news clubs in our house so that's how I actually got out and um, it was all kids on a road and my mum just be dragging them in and stuff and um, mad like today because you'd probably need consent forms and all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. but um, no they literally just pulled them in yeah there's another girl um, across the road who got saved like one of the last people I would have ever thought would have got saved and one of the things she was telling someone um was that um I remember the days back in since house and uh, doing the good news clubs, you know, and I was like, that's amazing. So mm-hmm. it, like people are, are watching us in a sense, you know, mm. so yeah. So even going back to what we were saying when I said that when we used to look in as when I was a child and I wasn't a Christian, I used to look in and say that Jews are different. Yes. Yeah. N- now being on the other side of it, being a Christian, we're supposed to be different. Yeah. Do you know, and that's the great thing. Like we're supposed to be not of the world. We're supposed to be lights, little small faint lights in the world yeah um jesus was the ultimate light he is the light yeah the way the truth uh we're not there you know like we're not we're not we haven't been made perfect but we're still supposed to be a light in in our families in our everything in our work and different uh but that's part of growing isn't it that's part of like daily living mm. and like what does that mean and mm. and that's something i didn't really understand mm. i just thought oh i have to act good because i go to church on sunday yeah. and i shouldn't use bad words and um i like don't hang out on the roads kind you know it yeah. was just religious yeah. kind of stuff or, you know, and works based and, yeah and going yeah. back to J- what jay said you weren't allowed to do all them things but why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be promiscuous before um, you're married, and again, it was just you're told no, and um, but why? And it because you d- learning about what the value of marriage is again yeah. did not learn this until you were saved, mm. till we were actually getting marriage counselling like bonkers, yeah. yeah. You know? And that's not the way it should be when, um, especially in a church environment, you know, mm. this is where we're supposed to learn the stuff. Now, obviously, we're supposed to be doing the work as well. But if you're kind of everything around you isn't solid, it's very hard to kind of back away or, yeah, be away from the world, you know, turn your back on yeah, the world. Even in, even in a secular system, if you're in a company that the leader of that company is not leading you. Generally, everyone else that's under him will follow that person and, and like, will go wrong. And, that, and that's what you're saying. Like, if you're looking at sort of uh, what's coming from the top down uh, and that's not good and it's not solid, well, it's going to be hard for yourself to, to know where to look properly to get a solid foundation for yourself mm. if, if you're not even getting the guidance to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so we, I think, um, for the first while, like, we're getting a lot of that. Um, and then it was through those spiritual parents, as we are saying. She knew by me. Um, she worked a lot with teens and stuff like that um, in our community, done loads of stuff. And she could just see in me that, like, you know, there's something going on here. There's something deeper to this. So, um... Is this... This is kind of the turnaround point, is it? Um, yeah, like, um... So definitely, uh, I, I, definitely I, 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 in don't mean in the sense like you know in, in 2013 a lot changed yeah, yeah and just before definitely. that as Natalie was saying that she started going back to church uh, I didn't agree with it but I didn't stop her either I was like if that's what you believe and yeah you can bring the kids like because I doubt the kids are going to believe that when they're older anyway because it's all ridiculous that's what I thought mm. Mm. Um, so after I got saved then and, and as Natalie said we had our, our spiritual parents guiding us um, doing loads of courses of us making sure that we had that foundation knowing where to go in the Bible to look for questions yeah. or look for answers to our questions of our daily lives really helped us along I was changing so much that only looking back now even just thinking of it now like I didn't realise how, how much Natalie was changing at the time and, and th- it was the two of us were grown yeah. I suppose Natalie didn't have the space to grow because I was an atheist and then once we're both sort of yeah, <laughs> with, our, with our values in the same place, yeah, yeah on the same page, yeah, yeah. totally on the same. I'm just, page. I'm, this is after the, the, the cuff. I'm just thinking about all this now. Yeah, because oh, it does. It makes um, it's kind of like tying it all in to be like of not understanding. If you're not been taught like that, that horse and with the bit in its mouth, uh, like it says in Psalm 32, if you're not instructed, if you don't have a full grasp of what's going on then your foundation's weak. I It took me to this point, to this long, till Colin got saved, that we were on the same page, that I was like, no, I, I understand, but I don't understand fully. I haven't got the whole picture. Then we were studying together, and then, when was it? Like a year after then? When Jay it was a year or so started. after, and then uh, Jay came into our lives. Yeah. And, uh, Good old Jay. Yeah. And then Jay, <laughs> Jay being a young single man at the time, it was uh, <laughs> had a lot of time in his hands, and he wanted to start up this study group, and it was great. So we started up this study group. We 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 had loads of people. We had six or seven people, extra people in our house, yeah. uh, going through the scriptures uh, each week. We'd take a, a passage. So we, I think we went through Colossians first, and then we started in Acts. And it was amazing, and it was it was really grown as Christians. Uh, it was yeah. a good f- sort of family unit. Yeah. And that went for a long time. Yeah, and then there was a women's group. Uh, the ladies in that group were like meeting together and stuff. So that's where our growth was coming from. Uh, a more stronger understanding of what God's word is and my value of who I am um, as a person in God's eyes and um, my value as a wife and a mother, my value as a sister in a church, all that stuff came from mostly at home. And then we're like, right, well, we need to start looking for a church that again, that our foundation strong, you mm. know, and that in itself was a, a, a long, uh, yeah. a long journey, but a good one. I, we, we got to see a lot of different flavors of, Christian churches and things yeah. like that and a lot of appreciation for loads of different people in them Christian churches so I think in, in that it was 
that was an amazing experience in itself i think how did now like that you've, you 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 came to that point in your life and yeah like looking back you had all this struggle right up to this point and it, was, it seemed to be getting a little bit better because listening to you, you obviously had a more understanding of what the gospel meant and what who god was and where you are where you fitted into uh, in, into christianity mm. into life really so from from there what what was this like now that you were understanding that how did this have an effect how how did this affect what happened how not that it affected what happened but how did it affect you mentally you know and in your heart i suppose and in your life um kind of before all colin or no why, why, just e- even now yeah it's um it's a struggle like it's there's still like triggers and stuff like that there the biggest thing i guess to kind of get past it all um is forgiveness you know that understanding what grace is that i had like i made bad decisions through all this stuff so then it's more kind of guilt and shame and this thing and not being good enough you know not being good enough for god and and then understanding what god had done for me his love and just like anointing me in grace constantly and he was the strength in me i that's the only thing that kind of has me here today it got me through those early years in marriage it was the holy spirit in me because um i couldn't there's no way on this earth i could have done this on my own um on because i was forgiven for stuff that i've done tr- because of the trauma and not understanding and been so hard on myself like not eating and been bulimic and drinking and all that sort of stuff i hated myself you know and i couldn't understand why god would choose me choose to love me i just i couldn't grasp my head still days some days i'm still mm. like i and we're all the same in yeah. yeah. and we don't deserve it we don't deserve it and the same as the um predator who um abused me he doesn't deserve it i'm no different really to him you know and it's that's where i'm going to really like offend people um but it's the truth unfortunately i for me to move on a part of it is that you have to forgive them like levels to that you know it could be just the fact that i forgive them so i can get outside today you know yeah. uh, that I can go oh, still see my mom because yeah. the house is still there you know that kind of thing and then um, but that doesn't mean I have to like the person mm-hmm. or of course anything like that you know just reading sorry if that's okay in Romans 5 yeah. verse 6 um, for while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly for the for one will scarcely die for a righteous person though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die but god shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us so Mm. all he's done for me for someone that's perfect and never sinned but yet i was so broken and he came for the broken that's one of the things mm. remember Lorna really kind of um, instilled in me that he was like he didn't come for the perfect you know what's the point in that you know and then it was like oh it's okay yeah uh, I'm broken you know yeah. <laughs> I need help you know and again just building on this on God's word and on building on our foundation you know yeah so listening to your story Natalie and listening to some of the 
um, parts of your story where you're talking about how people reacted or, you know, you had the opportunity to, to talk to people, but your their reaction wasn't what you expected. Yeah. So advice to people who either are on the end of the abuse mm. or on the end of hearing somebody who has been abused, what advice would you give both those people? Um, I definitely suggest that you, um, if you are a victim or you know someone that has gone through it and they're coming to tell you, um, believe that person, number one. Number two, definitely go and um, get help. If you're the person that um, a victim's come talk to, hopefully that is the case advise them to go get help professional help because you do need it you need these tools to kind of get through it and to understand it and to move on now it's obviously always going to be there and but it's the pain is less flashbacks and things like that are less you you can move on from it it will always be a part of you unfortunately but it it will get to the point where i can sit here today and talk about it and not be in floods of tears you know that's been a journey in itself if you can if you're in a christian church um, go to a christian counselor because like with a worldly one i'm just guessing my uh, it's only presumption because I, I didn't go to one i don't know but you know like obviously one of the things is um generally you're um promiscuous if you're sexually abused it's obviously not a thing to go to a christian counselor because um obviously they're going to instill god's word in to the session they're going to talk christian values yeah like exactly that. and um yes you've made a mistake but god's grace yes you've come here and you're broken and and that's what god wants you to do he wants you to get on your knees and say i need you i need your strength to cast all your cares you know and literally living breathing the god's word because it's what gets you through and that's not just even in an abuse situation that's day to day and that's what gets you through a marriage to early days and all the way through um, parenthood god's word is like an instrument for you a tool um to guide you through life you know and we're going to mess up and we're not perfect and that's why jesus died for us because we're not perfect um, so that sort of stuff is, is brought into the counselling, which is great for churches out there to have these people, counsellors they know of, that they're safe, you know, that mm. they know that they're um, reliable. They just be like, I don't have much experience in this, but it, I know these people and here you go or offer. Actually, that was one of our churches we were at at the time. I went and asked them. I was like, finally ready to be like, Right, everything else is sorted, Colin. Saved. <laughs> Everything's ticked off on the list. I'm going to sort myself out now. I went and I just was literally going to ask, literally for that reason, for someone solid, you know, I was like, I finally have gotten the courage to to sort myself out, to do something about this. Um, so I don't want to go to anyone that's kind of wishy-washy or send me off on the wrong path altogether, you know. They found someone for me and they also paid for like half of the sessions, you know, they didn't have to do that. And it was just a lovely gesture, you know, not that I'm saying that everyone has to do that, but it was just, you know, this showing kindness. They'd be like, I don't I haven't dealt with this myself and I've no idea what you're going through, but I want to help you. And that was just something they did. And I was really grateful for that. It could be a case that uh, if someone has told you, like I was saying, do believe them first and mm. to have like 
two people that you know that are safe yourself and someone else and the survivor be that support network just checking in on them praying for them I think that's so vital because I think in church and today is just kind of lost that what it really means to be a brother and a sister you know yeah 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 that's good advice and I'm like if if anyone is like just Natalie was saying there if anyone is listening to this or going through something like that like talk and listen you know what I mean talk and listen don't be afraid to you know sit down with someone who's actually talking about this don't just sho- shove it off and say ah you know yeah it's just your mind or whatever you know yeah. these are serious issues that affect people's lives on a day-to-day basis and i think sometimes if someone does approach you with this sort of uh, information and you don't know what to do with it sometimes just sit there and listen yeah like mm. yeah a lot of the time they're not asking you to talk they're not really asking you for their their opinion a lot of times you just need to talk through it yeah um, it's definitely it's been a, a well studied thing that these things in your brain you can't really sort them out properly until you lay them out and that's why uh, they say that the pen and, and paper is the the most strongest instrument that you have mm-hmm. because if once you're able to write it down or lay it, it on a piece of, even if it all looks like muddled it's actually processing in your brain and that's as Natalie was saying the encouragement would be even from my perspective of being the husband of Natalie who went through this is definitely just talk to someone Mm. and even and I I was in a position at the time when Natalie told me all this that I wasn't in a position to to know what to say I I didn't know what to say at the time I still don't like really know what to say yeah but I know I have to listen and I will listen and I think that's the mm. advice I'd give to to anyone that's going through or anyone who knows someone that's going through it. Maybe they just maybe you need to just start a conversation and yeah. say like, Are you okay? Yeah. And then let that person tell you <coughs> genuinely what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um Natalie, well, one of the things that pops to my mind is when Lorna came to your home and you know you, she was sitting down with you you mentioned that you know she was going through different parts of scripture and her husband I would imagine mm-hmm. as well yeah the concordance oh yeah walking yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he is but um, the fact that she was going through scripture she was obviously showing you Christ showing yeah. you who oh. Christ is yeah this is obviously something that just you know really encased its arms around you with love yeah yeah and uh, through them as well because they literally done that too they were yeah. like cry yeah yeah it's all right no it's not your fault yes you are good enough god does love you yes you did mess up uh you probably will again and yeah you won't um you make mistakes as a mother and you will as a wife but that's okay because god yeah because god is here and um he's saying like not saying that or you can go and mess up it's um he knows you're going to mess up but he loves us anyway yeah yeah he knows you are already broken but he done all this for us anyway not just even as a survivor as a person he created this world before it was created he knew what was going to happen he knows the end and he knows each hour each minute you know but yeah i'm sitting here talking about it i'm hoping that even if it just helps one person that is like a huge thing for me to be here today and it's because of god because of his strength because of his grace and his love like because jesus died on the cross and i'm redeemed that's why i'm here if if i didn't know who christ was i would not be here yeah 
And thank you for your, your faithfulness to it. And, and thank God that he has done this in your life that you're able to talk about and to share your story to help others. Yeah. Kali, you mentioned earlier on that, you know, when Natalie was talking about, um, you know, that Christ, that God didn't have to love her. Or n- no, she, she mentioned that God loved her. She mm. realized that God loved her. And you... Uh, piped in there and said yeah well we don't deserve to be loved yeah because I'm always the negative lad <laughs> <laughs> no what I wanted to know was like for listeners out there who are listening to this you know and just have kind of a vague understanding of what Christianity is and they've listened to Natalie's story what do you mean by that you know say I'm the, the skeptic guy here or, or I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know what do you mean by I don't deserve to be loved we don't deserve to be loved we don't deserve God's love God Why? God is just and because he is just, he has to punish sin. He's perfect. He can't allow sin. So he created the heavens and the earth and hell. If we believe in a justice system on our planet, if we believe in a justice system in our government, that we believe that murderers and, and uh, rapists and all these people should go to jail. Because it, because they break the law. Because they break the law. What, so, so does God have a law? So God has a law, and his law is the Ten Commandments, as you might have heard. Yeah. It says that if we've broken one of them, that we've broken all of them. There's, there's no leeway, and a lot of people believe that my good outweighs my bad. Yeah, so that way, if there is a God, and I die, and I'm at the pearly gates, I can go, God, you know what? My good, I was a bit more good than I was bad, yeah, yeah. but... Did I balance the scales out? The scales doesn't work because it's not a scales. It's a link of chains. And them chains are, like, there's 10 links in that chain. And you break one of them, the whole lot's gone. And that's the way it is with God. God, God, because he's just, he has to punish sin. We can't keep the law. We can't keep God's law. Like, any chance we get, we turn away from God. It's our it's our, our natural sin. It's our innate na- yeah. nature. But yet we still know it's wrong. We, yeah. We all will always know it's wrong. We can't be ignorant to God because it's there. It's it's all in front of our face. God's creation is evidence that God was there. I know. Can uh, I read that very section you that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, it's in Romans 1 and it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. If if we see something, say like a building, or we see uh, a piece of art, straight away we know that someone created that. Someone made that. It's easy, it's obvious. But how can we look at that and go, someone made that, but then when we look at the, the, the world, the, the intricate, intricacies yeah. Yeah. of everything that's been ever, ever being made, and we can go, oh no, that just happened okay. by a thing called chance. God showed us this act of kindness, this act of mercy or grace, um, as it says in Ephesians, to bring us into fellowship with him. And by having fellowship with God, we understand that Jesus died on the cross. And we're not worthy. We're not worthy because, as you said, we constantly sin. We don't, we're, we're never, even becoming a Christian doesn't, doesn't like, it, it wipes our slate clean in the eyes of God. But we're not automatically made perfect. Our sin is not gone out of us now. And, and all we can do is holy stuff. Um, the issue is still the heart. We're still human. Um, and we haven't been 
brought into God's presence. Yeah. Um, we haven't, our bodies haven't been renewed. So while we're still on this earth, we're still sinners. But because of what God has done, because of him sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, that gift, I don't know about you, but if I get a nice gift, I, I feel fluffy and warm about that person that gave me that gift. And in the same way, the gift of eternal life, the ultimate gift. Um, I, wa- I want to live a good life for God. I'm not always going to be able to live a good sure. life for God. But when you, exper- you experience the love that Natalie experienced, what she was talking about earlier, of that Christ dying for our sins, it, it, it makes us want to, mm. to honor man, love him back. Yeah. And that's the gospel. The gospel is we are not worthy. We are not capable. Yeah. Um, we're unwilling. Yeah. Uh, we want to go our own way. But even though all that, God said, do you know what? I want you to come back to me. Yeah. So when we hear that God plucked us out of uh, this life and gave us a new life, that's what it means. That he, he chose us out of this life. He yeah. took us. He plucked us out. There's, there's, there were some verses that Natalie read. Maybe she can read them again. It was in uh, Romans 5. Yeah, Romans 5, verse 6. Uh, for a while, we were so weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, amen. And another verse that we find in Ephesians 2, 8, one of my favorites, for it is by grace that you are saved, true faith, and it's not by your own doing. You can't work your way into heaven. Yeah, exactly. Grace, free gift. There's nothing mm. that we can do then. No. no. There's actually, uh, for those of us who think that we can earn it, uh, it says in um, the same book Natalie was reading out of Romans 4, it goes back and talks about Abraham. It says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It just says that he basically believed. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on to say, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as is due. So if we try and work for salvation, you know, that's like saying, God, you owe us something mm-hmm. because, you know, we were good. Yeah. That Where, that, where's my wages? Yeah. That yeah. excludes the gift completely. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says uh, in verse four, it says now to the one who, uh, sorry, verse five, it says, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. That's an amazing verse. It's those of us who believe we're justified and because of God's righteousness to us. And it mentions that we're the ungodly. Mm-hmm. The Christian is the ungodly. Mm-hmm. We, we uh, everybody, we were ungodly. We didn't like God. We hated him. And to think that somebody would die for somebody that actually hated them. It's just, it's mind blowing. It's, it, it's a love that is foreign to, to our minds. Yeah. In my own experience, as I, as we mentioned back uh, a little bit further, that I, I read, originally read the Bible to prove it wrong. So yeah. in other words, I didn't want to go near God, but I wanted to find verses to attack him with. He obviously had a different view on it, and I was saved through it. But what I was, what sort of stood out for me in Scripture, is uh, reality. Like when when we look at the life of Jesus, the life of his apostles, there's some stuff in there that, if you were writing up or making up a story, yeah. you wouldn't put in. No, no. It does not make any sense. Yeah, it is. Actually. And it's all little. Uh, nuances that like don't really need to be there you know 
it's um, mind-boggling if you actually sit down and study it yeah um, and that's what stood out to me the realism of it like yeah what if 12 men tried to make up this story and tried to start up their own big cult type thing yeah but if you were going to do that your books would be way more linguistically perfect and, fo- and focused on yourself and focused on yourself yeah. whereas none of the scripture is it's all either focused on God or Jesus yeah, yeah. or the coming of God which is Jesus yeah yeah um, yeah it doesn't exalt man and, and we we can't do anything without exalting ourselves yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah it's you know, like, nature isn't it so in, in that sense how how is this 66 books all focused on God and Jesus and his redemption plan mm. and if anything it just cuts down man yeah, down to its knees yeah. like you know mm. uh, and what uh, was Christ's gain on this earth like yeah, yeah what was the point like yeah and came and died obviously died, died for us, us. Yeah. it was a gift mm. and that's there for people who are willing to believe and, and willing mm. to accept and s- stop trying to work for salvation mm. accept a free gift and the sad truth I see in, in even in churches is people doing all the motions and doing all the think they're they're providing for everyone else but sometimes you wonder like have you got actually got a grasp on, on the gospel on not that you shouldn't is. be yeah. helpful in church or helping out but I really hope that's not I ho- really hope that they don't think that's what's going to save them yeah it's what's but, your heart behind it yeah. yeah and that's it it's all behind the heart as yeah. we said yeah God yeah. sees our heart and we're wicked and we're not deserving of his grace yeah and with that Thanks, we Scotty. will say goodbye. Thank you for having yeah. me. Very much, Natalie, for coming on and, and sharing your story. And yeah, it was amazing. It is a hard story to tell. Mm. Um, please, God, through your courage, that it does encourage other people that are going through something similar to get help. Encourages people that um, are on the other end of it, maybe at some stage in their life having to listen to it. Maybe that's going to help. Maybe this, this podcast is going to come back as a flashback and go, Actually, what did what did she say about yeah? You know, and to believe them and to listen to them, and they're very important facts. Yeah. Um, and then for churches, <laughs> we do need some sort of uh, just education. Like yeah, education, and maybe someone in charge of liaison with someone like you, even if they're only an intermediate that passes you on to someone that's way more qualified to do it but we definitely need mm. people like that in the mm. church and that's that's something that we need and, and but again thanks very much for coming on yeah. and happy birthday Jay yeah, happy cheers. birthday thanks again that it was great to listen to your story and it's, it's a good it's sad but I, mm. you know listening to you it's just great to see the joy that you actually have mm even within the the horribleness of it all yeah Yeah, fantastic thank you thanks a minute